Hello! Welcome to Wayne for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. I'm your host, Kevin Wheat. And uh, today we have an episode all about Shine. Shine, a um, you know really important tournament series that's affected all of us pretty personally. I've been to all but one, and I believe uh, other two people have went to every single one. So obviously there's a lot of love to go on, and, and uh, we have pretty much a perfect person to bring on to talk about it. Uh, an icon in the New England Melee scene. Just... Um, you know, uh, or someone who's got like a steel trap for all the results in the world and a huge hip hop fan to boot. And I'm, of course, talking about my good friend Edwin Budding. What's going on, man? I'm doing great. I had a wonderful weekend at Shine. I'm sad that this is the last event ever. And but I'm really thrilled to talk about it, to talk about the legacy of the event overall, to just jump into all things New England. So I'm happy to talk to you, Wheat. And I'm also really thrilled to finally have stock money on Waiting for Game. Stock, how's it going? It's going well. I haven't been on a Melee Stats podcast since 2018 for Shine 2018. And the last time, I think it was like, it wasn't Fate at that point. It was still air. And I spent half the episode talking about the pools and the other half brutally roasting Europe. So we'll see if I can't get there yet. But otherwise, I'm thrilled to finally be on. What a, what a different time. Yeah, right. That was that was the, the MS versus Europe uh, kind of cage match era. And now... All you have to do is fly out a bunch of their players, and suddenly they love you. So, word to the wise. <laughs> if, uh, if if an entire continent hates you, just keep flying out their um, their Donkey Kongs until they like you. Money and, talks, and, dog. Money talks. <laughs> and, and who knows? You'll eventually find your own you know, assortment of fanboys, fangirls, fandoms, all kind of fans if you go over there. That, that'll always uh, show appreciation for everything we've done. <laughs> All right, so uh, Shine just wrapped up this uh, this weekend. This was the sixth installment, so the first one in 2016, and then obviously a few years off for the pandemic. But uh, Stock, you've been there since the beginning, right? Yeah, I've literally been there since Shine 2016. Uh, like honestly, what's what's funny about it is that like, as far as like being an established deal at that point, I was really only a year in. So like, I was kind of pulled in. I had like kind of studied under Colin more so than anyone else. Like when new game plus moved to the church where it was at for a few years before um, it finally found its home at balance patch. And I had just started TOing like for hog because rolled gold and Schminkledorf I wanted to transition out of that in Connecticut. And so I had already been doing like pretty well there. I mean, I'd done some content pieces for them and I was originally brought on more so for like, commentary management it wasn't really until i'd say shine 2018 i kind of took like more of a lead role because i was still like pool captaining it so i remember like the last one at the seaport collins like no you're not pool captaining this one i need you for more things and that's when i was like okay i think we've kind of like made it to the big time so it was pretty cool that like you know i always considered myself like a lead to for it but like you know seeing the credits and seeing like myself listed as like you know head melee to for it it's it's full circle. Like I think a lot of like my TO and career I owe to, well, I owe it all to big blue. Cause they really taught me a lot. And they like took a chance on like a 19 year old kid. I mean, I'm turning 27 in a couple months. It's kind of wild to see things go full circle. And, you know, I've been there from the beginning and I really think we nailed it with this one. So. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's bittersweet, right? I mean, obviously, having something like this that's so important to a region that is, uh, you know, for for a long time, really important to the scene. Um, it's really sad to see it go. But at, at the end of it, you know, 
I can't help but think that we, we it, was, it was nice to know that it was going away, right? I know that I was at the final one, and I know a lot of people wanted to make their way to the final one. And in the wake of what we've been seeing recently, right? Um, I went to the final main stage. I didn't know it was the final main stage. Um, I could have very well went to the final pound without knowing it was the final pound, right? Like, we are in an era where um, a lot of stuff's popping up, but, but there's a lot of stuff that's going away, and this is like a transition era. This is how it's always been. Um, every few years, we cycle in new tournaments and cycle out old ones. Um, and uh, it's it's just one of those things where, like, it's a, it's a real shame, but I'm just glad I got to be there and experience the moment while we all knew it because... A lot of times, you know, we don't appreciate what's getting put into the scene. You only appreciate it afterwards. So it, it was really nice to be able there and, and be with everyone else who was there for that very reason. Edwin, this is your home region. You want to talk to me a little bit about Shine meant to you? Obviously, you know, Stock, uh, being someone who worked on it, meant something very, very, uh, you know, specific. But uh, but what about you? Just as kind of a, like someone who grew up in the region, uh, started playing Melee with that region. What, how did, what does Shine mean to you? Yeah, so I, I love Shine. It, it's always going to hold a special place in my heart as the, the first major I ever went to uh, in person, a major held in Boston, you know, the, 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 the Massachusetts, the state where I grew up. I, uh, I started playing Melee through the Connecticut scene, but Boston, you know, the, the original Seaport location was so fantastic. And I, did, and I also did really well at the first Shine, so I, I was pretty happy about that. Um, Shine was always a series I looked forward to every year where all my friends in the Northeast would show up. We'd hang out in Boston. And even later when it moved to Worcester, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speak the graces of Worcester, but, but, you know, it was still a fun time. There are places around for us to hang out. The, the, ven the venue is fine and everything. Uh, and the one thing I'll say about Shine, and I feel like a broken record because I talk about this every time Shine comes up. It really was for North American events, at least the ultimate player major. It's the only event which every year that I tell everyone to go to, if if playing Melee is your number one objective of going to a major and that's what you want to do with your friends and that's how you want to bond with them, you're not going to find a better like big major than Shine for that. This is something and, and a focus of the staff and the, the whole team running the event that I, I just think was so extraordinary compared to the other majors. Other majors have setups, but they, they really don't prioritize the player and the attend, attendee as far as playing the game goes quite like Shine does. It's the only major I've never felt has a run short on setups. And I can say that having attended every single Shine. So whether you're playing in an amateur bracket or a lane bracket or whatever, whether you're playing matches and playing best of five as early as round two pools, or whether you just want to sit down on a setup and play with your friends, Shine was just really the, it was the melee players major. And, and I, I suppose the smash players major too. And I, I think that's a perspective and that's an approach to event running that I'm going to really miss as far as shine goes but i think it's one that needs to be represented in the major ecosystem the uh the, the only other thing i, I want to add to this um just you know if i can is that i think the era in which shine ran 2016 to 2023 for me it holds a really special uh place in my heart because it was because shine was almost like as far as if i had to pick a tournament that in a tournament series that encapsulated my relationship with the melee scene sort of when I started to be more involved beyond just, you know, the time when I was a local attendee and running tournaments in my college, uh, you know, 2016 to now was that time period. And Shine was a consistent and 
literally and figuratively, uh, you know, it was literally and figuratively close to home for me. So just, you know, that period of time from then to now through the remaining Evos that we had through the summits that we had shines presence in the scene is just something that will always be very near and dear to my heart. And I, I can't thank, uh, you know, in all sincerity, I can't thank people like stock and the entire like big blue esports team for providing me, you know, that, that source of joy and that, that experience that I had through my twenties, you know, in many ways, symbolic of like my, of my love for the game and how it's evolved, you know, through the years beyond what, what I could have ever imagined in college. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss the series, but I, I think, uh, I think there'll be a lot of lessons to take away from it. And I think it represented an important perspective that will hopefully be represented by something else in the future. And, uh, I'm excited to see, um, I'm excited to see what what the takeaway is here for and just the last thing I want to mention here just really quickly I know that the people behind Shine did did state that at the end of this Shine that there would be a big write up into the finances of running an event like this and what this actually looks like what the what the financial scale of running an event or replicating an event like Shine would be again and uh, I'm very curious to see how that turns out because I think there's a lot of lessons and takeaways that uh that that could prove fruitful for anyone in the scene great way to sum it up man that means that means the world and i mean we were really transparent um i mean me personally i was involved in like the commentary finances end of it but even there's stuff that like i don't even like comprehend for it and as far as like a player um the player's major i mean the whole reason i talked about it briefly with like that yearbook thing jules and i talked about at the start of day two the whole reason shine became a thing in the first place that kind of expedited the process is that big blue was kind of the innovator of that whole like tiered um division thing like doing a round robin pool then you end up in a whole separate bracket at bus three bus three is still considered by many people a lot of people in new england even view it in like higher regard i mean not that shine isn't anything but like they view it as like quite possibly the greatest regional ever run as someone who's been and run many of many a tournament so I innovative still stand by that yeah so the whole idea of like doing shine was like replicating that on a larger scale and i mean you can even go and find on youtube like literally i mentioned the church is like kind of one of the main venues for big blue and they there's a video of like a hundred of us like reacting to like the announcement because it came out of nowhere like and they the turnaround time because for context bust bust three was in November 2015 and they announced and they got shine together for like August next year. So I can't iterate enough how impressive these guys. They truly just to, to, to add an addendum to what you said, they truly did the impossible and then some. I mean, I, hey, I'll put it this way. Whatever major have you seen take PM literally out of the shadows into the main venue and at HDR with it too. We True. did quite literally everything. We every dream I could have ever had for a tournament like for every shine we did it quad included like unbelievable so yeah i i think uh as an, an attendee i was definitely very shocked to see pm but it's it's one of those things that like it helps the growth of the game right obviously you know that's a whole conversation now but so but it just it lets credence to the idea that like it's a great thing to go to you know uh worcester's fine <laughs> I had fun in Worcester. I had fun in Chantilly, right? It's like there are <laughs> ways to make fun for yourself. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. Could be better, but uh, but yeah, like just as an attendee, I've had such great experiences here. I, I honestly think that like, you know, I haven't been to everything, um, but 
I've been to a lot of majors. A lot, I mean, I try to hit, um, you know, at like the notable major series. I try to make sure that I'm able to go to at least one of them to kind of suss out how they are. And uh, I don't know if there's anything that is ever going to top the location for the Boston Shine. It's just far and away, like, one of the the best places to be. Uh, and you're also playing Smash there. It was, it was very wonderful. It, it, Yeah, kind of encapsulated a lot of the feelings that we were talking about, kind of just like being at an era where a lot of people were growing up in the scene. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting, right? You know, I, I think if you, if you look at how melee is, we had a peak in 2016, 2017, 2018, kind of around there. Um, and now we're, we're having a little bit of a, uh, we're bouncing back from COVID, right? Uh, uh, basically every major tournament series has had higher numbers this year than it has had last year with the exception of Genesis, which, um, Genesis eight did not have fifteen hundred people in attendance for melee. I, like I, if you don't count the DQs, that maybe that's you know that's the only one that uh, actually went down. But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's uh, it was a really special confluence of a lot of things. Like the the um, college scene was popping off. That's how a lot of people got in the game. And obviously, if you're talking about something like Boston with a ton of colleges, oh yeah, um, New England a ton of colleges like that is going to be an incredibly special thing. The melee games you know fits into that whole thing it was just like it's really indicative of a certain time and place and i don't know if we really necessarily will be seeing that again but i i think the good thing is that you know being of your era is not it's not a bad thing right shine was of its era for for smash for melee particularly and then we will see something that encapsulates the era that we're currently in or, or going to be in soon right like it's i don't know it's uh, it's always sad to, to see something go away, but I, I, you know, how many times have we been on the show? How many times have we been in the scene and said like, oh, it's over, it's all over, and uh, look, look where we are. So, you know, I, I think one of the important things to do when it comes to something like this is to just be grateful that we had it, right? You know, we can waste a lot of time going all doomer and uh, you know, talking about how sad it is that shine is gone, but uh. Yeah, it's, it's important to appreciate that we we had it in the first place because the, the hard work that was put in there, I think, like, it was evident, right? You know, we talked about it, how, like, every single, you know, drop of effort, it, it showed. And uh, I'm happy to be able to attend it, to be a part of it in any way possible. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm just glad that I it was able to exist in Melee at the same time that I was existing in Melee. <laughs> but, uh... Is there anything else we want to say on the tournament at large, or should we just get into this one? Because, you know, we can kind of jerk ourselves off about, like, how important <laughs> this series is, but, like, this tournament was good, right? You know, this tournament was good even independent of the fact that this is the last shine. This was a fun tournament to watch, and, of course, you know, there are some fucking DQs and, and stuff, unfortunately. Like, that is just going to happen, um, and, and you can't really, can't really account for it, um... You know, Mango's going to miss his flight. Some There's obviously going to be burnout for these players who are going to a lot of different things. Uh, so, so there's some unfortunate aspects of, of like, DQs that, that kind of uh, maybe made some of the results weird. But, like, honestly, you know, you talk about player majors. Shine has been one where that is evident through not only attending but through the bracket itself. Like, the results here are so fucking wild. I, we know people who went, like, two and two and they – lost to like really two good players <laughs> like the the 193rds the 129s like you probably got eliminated by like two good ass players oh, so yeah. like there's 
the results of this tournament is always super fun. One thing I, I mentioned, uh, I forget who I was talking to, but I was like, you know, if you go to a tournament day one or day one of melee, whatever that is, uh, you generally, you like have a good idea of what is happening, right? If it's noon, likely everyone's kind of just like starting to play round one is happening, stuff like that. Um, but with shine, it's like 2 PM and there's fucking battles happening, right? It's like, like early in the day and there are some of the best matches. So it's like, there's melee all around. There's insane matches. Um, you know, stock, you are obviously, you know, you, you helped run this. Like you're, you're definitely a TO at heart, but if there's something I know you for more than that, it's your fucking bracket fiend. You, you love to, to snort up all those matches. <laughs> now I've, I've worked at tournaments and I found it hard to, you know, keep track of what's going on. Uh, sometimes you gotta like catch up after. Did you get a chance to, to like spectate anything? Did you get a chance to look through the brackets of anything? Oh what yeah, a, like yeah. what was nice about this shine in particular is like we had the best fucking problem you could ever have out of me. We had too many volunteers, like it was it was incredible. So I quite literally, other than uh, Friday where I ran, I ran like top thirty two doubles and cruise with Colin. The only time I ever had to really bracket run was like that last top forty eight wave. So like I was spectating the entire time. I had the stream to pull. I remember for like two hours, it's just Jake and I like literally like going over like all these like crazy round two pools and whatnot. But I, I actually got to spectate a good bit. I didn't get to go in the crowd as much as I want because I was very much like point man at the desk along with him. But like, oh no, I got to spectate the shit out of this. I got to see. I mean, personally, I wish some of the New England fellows were able to kind of clutch it out in some situations. I definitely watched um, Squid's Laugh, uh, definitely yeah, brutally murder two of my, my gamers, Game 5. But, you know, we'll, we'll take the three and four stocks that we witnessed along the way in those sets good. But, no, I mean, like, it was incredible. I mean, like, one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite things as far as, like, how dedicated some of these people were spectating, and I took a picture of this too on Twitter, is, like, Khalib literally grabbed his his phone, some crazy ass Android. I didn't even know you could do this, and zoomed all the way in from the TO desk and could unironically watch Ricky versus Grab like in like watchable quality, <laughs> like from there. Like you could look anywhere, and there's like straight hitter matches going on. But like it was pretty cool. And to iterate on what you said, even with the DQs. I think I ended up recruiting like 40 of the top 100, which all things considered, when you consider that the Midwest, a lot of them didn't show. Um, probably some of those players are like pseudo retired. Like I was acting like, for one thing, I was like surprised to see just go on the Riptide attendees, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. It, like even with TK, only, I think it was really only Mango and Junebug, but I can remember how it pops. So that's like still 38. And that's just yeah, like of last Moki DQ. And, oh, and yeah, like, but that's yeah, like yeah. a Moki and Wally, like they call played it, out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Wally call that point five. Wally. Three DQs. We'll call it we'll we'll call theirs as half DQs. We'll call it three DQ. I don't care. Thirty seven dog. I I don't see what tournaments getting in that kind of attendance the top hundred attendance mm -hmm. other than Big House and Genesis. I'm gonna keep it a stack. Maybe Riptide this year, because it's ripped this Riptide's very stacked. But but that's the thing is to the caveat this before we kind of you know dive into it more is like that's just 37 from last year as far as the top 50 i forget the number i said but i would know it was at least half of them um of this year's top 50 and thinking of the top 100 in general 
I mean, yeah, shit. people who are gonna end up being yeah, like shit. I, mean, I I wouldn't be surprised. We end the year with fifty to fifty-five people on that who went to this. This tournament yeah. was unbelievably stacked. And I think like I was watching some people making top one hundred just yes. for this tournament alone. Yes, right? I completely agree, Weed. I think there's a lot of people that will exit this uh this tournament with a with that were you know maybe outside shots for making the ballot that are now suddenly like ahead of the rest of the field that they used to be in for for the bottom end of the top 100 list i and and i think that's like Uh, if i'm the reason sir maris got fucking gets fucking like ranked high not only have i done my job (laughs) but i but i you know kale money wherever you out there man my my, number two in, in west virginia that's absolutely eclipsed by sir maris but as an absolute legend you know I gave him my all, man. I did it for you. I got, I got the goat. Cause I, I mean, that's one person. You talk about my bracket watching. I, I haven't shut the fuck up about that guy since like probably when he went off at PGH presents. Fuck you, like however many years ago yeah, that yeah. was. So, say love me. But yeah, that's no, an interesting it's... point, though, Edwin. I didn't think about that. That literally this tournament, like, actually might be just straight up the reason, like, a good kind amount of my point. Of- yeah, sure. <laughs> no, Both your right. points. Sorry. Oh my god, dude, we're like we're I'm like so fifteen jealous. minutes. Yeah, oh my god, I'm you two jealous. are broke. <sighs> I just want the record to be straight. It was my point. Okay, it's the I came up with the recent breakouts topic. You oh calling me uh, jealous? I think you're just projecting. Anyway. Oh my god, we're all the best pundits. Relax. We're gonna have a dick measuring contest later. Let's get into it. Stock, you're a bracket watcher. Uh, was there anything from here that really stood out to you? I think there's a couple. There's actually like a, a couple runs. You know, we talk about people who could make top hundred just off the back of this alone. There's a couple people who come to mind. But like, who do you think of when you when you think of someone who like really made their rank here? Okay, I mean the obvious one is Jude. Jude mm-hmm. is that's that that's the breakout one ever. Like I ended up talking to Ricky about it, and those two had like an insanely close set where Ricky ended up managing to clutch it out. And I had a feeling that Jude was going to, like, you know, do pretty well in losers. Ended up, uh, you know, one of the slots he got was, uh, I believe, Malachi DQ'd. So that gave um, Bungo a spot that allowed um, Jude to get by. But Jude didn't have an easy run by any measure. I mean, the losers one, if I remember, was, like, Jib, Bungo, Maelstrom, then Zuppy, Grab. You know, strong, strong ass run to seventeenth. You know, losing, losing to Lunar, who Lunar also had a pretty good one. I mean, Kem comes to mind as someone who did pretty phenomenal. I mean, I honestly, out of all of the upsets, Kem acts is easily the least surprising to me. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I just think like we just, I think we just know how good Kem is. If anything, I was more surprised he didn't drop a game to grab. I was like, "Wow, this guy!" I mean, very. That's very impressive that he beat Grab in the ditto like that. That's very shocking. Oh, I was referring to Kem, but Jude, yes, but same, same. I I was talking about Jude there, but Jude, no, no, Jude did really strong there. I talked to him about it, and he said they were pretty tight games. But you know, he he snuck a three sock in there for the fans, and I I view Grab to be pretty highly in that matchup too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely watched Grab shamble. Our boy Calvar there. Um, other people that are of note, I mean, this is probably a lot of people's first introduction to New England Q. Not the original New England Q, who's a Marth player in SoCal now. But this is Q, who had just started going to events right before the pandemic. 
grinded out in that play and kind of got his first debut. Kind of had a rough one versus Wally in in top 48, but otherwise, you know, ha- had reverse three overs Dr. Lane, beat Kata, who's also, you know, a fairly strong tri-state player, um, you know, beat Hex Show. Kind of had to take out a good amount of New England people, which is unfortunate, but certainly a good performance from his end. I mean, Inky continuing to prove why we think he's so good. Uh, just a lot of good ones. And that what's funny is some of the most interesting runs to me are people that just miss top 48 too. This top 48 was really strong and very entertaining, but you know, like some of the cooler ones are like people that just like missed it and got like 49. Like for example, stock gaming's Ember who quite, who, who, who ran through unsure and E poodle heard there were some, uh, there were some feelings there, you know, that's, that's how the cookie crumble before the, graciously losing to Koopa Troopa. Very nice. Yeah. You, you know, Amber. we, I, you know, at the end of the day, I love melee stats and I just had to give one to y'all, you know, truthfully, I, I think she might've threw that set a bit. I had a elevator <laughs> ride with her before that. And she told me her bracket path. And I said, I hope you beat everyone, but Koopa. So I don't know who she threw it for. If it was for you or for us, who knows? Well, that, but, uh... see, what's tough is that I have so many times that Koopa plays where I'm just like against like a friend of mine. I'm just like, <sighs> he's inevitable, you know, truly he's inevitable. And not even, by the way, her run is actually not even crazier than that because like the people she made it to beat, to make, make it out of pool, like going to your point of like how some people lost the stuff. I mean, she had to beat Harut and, um, and Augie yeah. too. Carlos, the artist formerly known as Carlos Danger. Personally, buddy, I think you should change your tag back. That tag slaps, but uh, um, that is not to... an easy bracket. <laughs> no, and and unsure and Epo, like, dude, what? Yeah, it's like a, it's a lot of like secret or not even secret. There's just a lot, a lot of like heavy hitters in that bracket, even if they're not like top hundred names. Just beating them all cumulatively is actually insane. People are saying this tournament had some of the hardest round one pools of all time. And I'm inclined to agree with them because like, well, a, I see that. So like, I was like <laughs> along, along with Tom and a little help from our friend weed over here. But like, I mean, I'm looking at like some of these matchups and I remember like, you know, on my, like, that's, it's always sunny, like peppy Sylvia shit, like Jesus Christ. Like we got to go a little bit deeper. Like these are like, it's <laughs> still like insane. And like, you're seeing, uh, one of the most interesting people who was at, like, you see, I mean, so many different regions. I mean, if you told me the year before, we'd have two about like of the Alberta top three or rather top four at the tournament, I'd be like, you're nuts. But like, you get these people who like um, me- me- Melee Stats, Netplay Chat, um, Darling, SSB, the Fox. This was his first ever like land tournament ever. Not just like. That's so wild. Not yeah. not just like a local, like you know, first re- first major, like first national, like first tournament, and like you know, almost made it out of round one pools. A lot a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, you got like, E Poodle Stone to make it out of like round one pools. That could be you know, given the right circumstances, that could be a top sixty four match at something like or well, like you know, yeah, right. All these like really hard, like to, to, to get on your point, uh, to go back on your point for a second, Edwin, like that, that's what this, this tournament was like the, the melee stats are like bracket themed enthusiasts, like dream bracket. You have so many like interesting math, like where are you going to see lowercase hero versus like Michael D Keith or anywhere else? 
where are you going to see, you know, even Koopa Troop Amber anywhere else? Like so many, so many fun sets like that. Where are you going to see Wally actually entering singles? Wow. Not anywhere else. That's for well, damn sure. Still half entering singles, but yeah. So, but, <laughs> no, it was written, honest. So many, so many good. Sets. And I will say, probably the best tournament you could have ever possibly had for the qual. I mean, I'm. I think that uh, all of his points were correct. Obviously, uh, he had to disappear into the ether. He was going too close to the truth. Someone needed to take him out. Uh, excited <laughs> to hear what he comes, <laughs> what he says when he comes back. But uh, honestly, yeah, I mean, like all he's he's spitting all the what he's saying is just is correct. Like these brackets are insane. Now we talked about Jude. Um, I think, yeah, Jude is just like a perfect example of a player who I think is just like, good, <laughs> right? You know, uh, formerly error, formerly what it was greasy before that. And like Jude, I've just seen for years as like really good and uh, didn't expect more. And like literally you can look at results this year that don't really show it. And just like it all came together, right? We can talk about the Zuppy win. Um, I think that's insane. Zuppy, obviously a player who's had some some upsets uh and it's fox marth but like dude i've seen zuppy destroy uh some marth players oh yeah two fucking weeks ago he did to Kadoran, and uh yeah like to go even further into it if you if you're not impressed by uh, by marth beating a fox the grab 3-0 is just insane dude um yeah uh, uh someone else who i think falls in that line is uh jojo right Jojo, a player who's been, like, so good forever. And obviously there's a DQ in the path, but, like, B-Bat's money. I I think that for Jojo, uh, it's less of, like, a surprise. And, like, these are stuff that not only are doable. Like, Jojo's done this before. I think Jojo beat Mott last year. I think Jojo's beaten B-Bat's at, like, nightclub or something like that. It's just getting to see it all happen in one run. That is, like, what is actually, you know, the thing that could, could... potentially make a whole top 100 thing oh uh, yeah what, what do you think edwin who's uh who's like a breakout player that you saw here or even just like you know where this is the week uh, or the um the month of smash con we've we've had some other like uh pretty stacked regionals any players who like from here or just like events in august in general who've like really stood out to you yeah of course so so stock you mentioned this player a little bit before but uh i think it, it's it's really funny the timing of this player uh and his breakout, or, or what's been his recent stretch of events, because Sermaris, Sir you know, I, I've always known this guy was good. He made the top hundred last year. He he was obviously on my ballot and everything. But his uh, his August has actually been kind of nuts. Like he beat Null at SmashCon, but as far as this event goes, I mean, you got the uh, you got a win over Quang. This is this is someone who might be in top. I'm just going to give a random number, like 75, 85 contention. That's a pretty solid win. You you have him defeating someone. You have him defeating someone like Ben, uh, who we know is in contention for for top 30 potentially by the end of the year, maybe even higher if Ben continues in, improving. And he even ha- and he even grabbed a win over. You know, I, I think this is the most crazy crazy win that may not be reflected in the rankings right now, but I think a win on Ja Raiden is pretty good, right? In a, in a context where Ja Raiden just won an event over Pipsqueak, you know, beating him two sets and everything. That's, or, or yeah, winning two sets over Pipsqueak. That's crazy. And this is just in like the span of two events. <laughs> I want to see more of Sir Maris after this. I guess like if Sir Maris goes to an event, like 
he's just going to beat a top like 75 or 100 player. Like it's inevitable. It will happen. So yeah, he's he's someone that I think not only did well at this tournament, but but seems really poised to kind of carry it at carry it at whatever subsequent event he goes to. So he the good thing about Sermaris is that uh, so he recently moved to Ohio, so he's no longer in the West Virginia like oh. vortex. I didn't know uh, that. he's able to go to more stuff like he's around an airport that actually can fly places right like he's he's going to be able to go to more things i know he's signing for riptide i think big house is something he wants to go to um so in the future i would not be surprised to see him go to more stuff and also give us results that we don't have to uh get so excited about uh peach beating a luigi <laughs> I love your enthusiasm, man. Don't think it was the most impressive thing he did. John Ryden's crazy. <laughs> that set was so Beat stupid bad, about okay, that dude. set. Yeah, that's what. What's so <laughs> stupid about that set is that literally games four and five were shorter than games one through three. That set was an ass clencher for sure. Like, oh god. I mean, but Samaris, like Samaris's mental game is incredibly impressive because in all of the all three sets we talked about. Um, he like they were grueling, absolutely fucking grueling. Um, particularly like the Jaw Ryden one, but I mean Ben certainly doesn't make it any easier. No, no. Let alone a DK somehow managing to survive in that match, which is funny. I got to talk to Quang, and I like said to Quang like, "Oh, you know, once you figure out the Captain Falcon matchup, like you know, best player in the world." And he's like, "You know, like I got more problem matches than that." He 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 said Peach was like probably the one he's like most i guess concerned about which i mean okay character that invalidates like the majority of mid tiers in this game Mm -hmm. go figure right so no i mean that was uh yeah i mean we've all seen like with players like samaris jojo maybe less so jude but like jude's definitely show moments of it we're seeing this was a good tournament for seeing people like kind of put all the pieces together um I, my only regret with JoJo, in spite of some great wins, I would have loved some zealous, some zealous Marth action. But zealous five thousand spaces are ridiculous. I mean, if he'd be Nick Marcus Glock with um, who by the way, Glock over Chango is the least surprising thing <laughs> of my entire life. By the way, that's so unsurprising. But like beating him with like presumably Fox, definitely not Falco. Uh, that's, that's kind of not a lot of, a lot of like fun play, like, like Zio, Lord Zio coming Zio. out, coming out clutch. That was, oh my God. That was so you fun. Know, I gotta say when I saw Zio and Calvar, like when I saw that they're ready to play, I, I, I had a feeling of the, the way that set was going to go. Did you I, have a feeling of how it was going to end? With a, uh, four stock? With a four stock from Zio? Yeah. yeah I, I, I thought it might be ugly. Yeah. I mean, I got some, uh, so I finally got some, some of the, uh, I got my splash explorer thing up. So some interesting ones, you had Hani Dune, who's an old school new England player beating Danilo and squibble, um, to make oh. it out of that pool. That was something, um, Padre, how, how illegal a controller is squibble playing on right now? Squibbles on Squibbles on the prism. He's uh okay. he's big vibing. Moving I mean, on I, from uh, his own creation. Yeah, yeah, um, at, yeah. The shoebox, right? Um, at Gommel, <laughs> he the, his Gommel results were he um he said right, but I I got to talk to him and he said right before he got to his pool, he like tripped and like broke the entire thing, like it went into like a million pieces. And I was just picturing like this guy putting back like the fucking Millennium puzzle together and then like getting possessed by Yami Yugi, like. 
as soon as he got it. But, you know, you have other ones like Stuff Over Made in China, which is like, what the fuck? Like, that that one was completely that. You have Padre over Danny Phantom, which, by the way, Padre had no idea who that was. Like, we, he comes into the decks and Jorge are like, oh, my God. Like, he's like, you know, Danny Phantom's like a top, like, you know, pretty strong player. Maybe, like, I didn't really say, like, top 100, but, like, you know, within within striking range for sure. Um you know, I, me personally, my, my biggest strategy, tragedy, well, actually, I just found out Younger didn't make it out of pools. I actually okay. didn't know that um, because I was going to mention his brother who drowned. I was so sad that a dust didn't, I, I wanted the a dust like glory to come out, yeah. but plush is too good. Plush is simply too good. It's just this entire it's so, tournament is just battles over battles. Lexor? So, I didn't even know some of these results. Like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I knew I knew Chad won lost to Maximus, who Maximus, if you're somehow watching this, I definitely underrated you too hard. I'm sorry. Um, but like stuff like that. I mean, uh Beat You over Young Neil, Umma over Lexor. But well, so yeah, and then Llama. Dude, over- this is the this is the problem. Like we're we're getting caught into the vortex of all these insane round one like. Oh, in- and that's vortex, just round one, by the way. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh god, vortex. That's just round one. The round two ones were equally as wild too. I mean, Lord Cleesh going off, True. Etai proving that he's the original and superior. Um, Fox yeah, Puff, Etai, Fla- Fox Puff player Palpa. over. That was also unfortunately not surprising at all. That guy's that guy's back. He's back. He moved back from Israel like literally three weeks ago. I get like a message from him and Mom Money being like, "Hey, like my uh, Vax card is all in Hebrew. Like we think we're gonna be good here." I'm like, I'm like, buddy, how do you think Ja Ryan's making this? I'm like, I'm like, I have so many, I have so many funny anecdotes like that. This was, this was my dream tournament, not only in execution. But as far as like matchup wise, this is the type of shit that keeps me up at night. Me personally, I mean, I love this top twelve. I watch the whole thing. I can't say I do that for a lot of tournaments, to be honest, because what I li- I live for like, I mean, you two know this. I live for like these crazy ass round one, round two, round top forty eight ones. Yeah. And this was this was a paradise for that for sure. It's always great to have a tournament that can uh, can do that and also have a great top end. Because right, we we've talked about it. We talked about it recently about how like years ago it used to be like the cool thing was to be like I actually think round two pools are the fun, are the most fun. And like I think it took us a little bit to realize that it's just because the t- the top end kind of sucked, right? Like obviously, ton of fun things. It's always fun. I've watched like all those tournaments. I would never like stopped. Well. I actually did stop watching Shine 2019 because I, I foresaw the H-Bucks dub from a mile away. Uh, but, like, right? We used to talk about how, like, oh, round two pulls are so cool. And now I think with all the top players we have, we realize just how good we have it now. Where, like, it wasn't that the round two pulls were always so much better. It was that the top end kind of was a little stagnant, was a little top heavy. Um, and now we've seen this, like, blow wide open here. Uh, and, and obviously like some insane results here, nothing says this more than going into the tournament and being like, okay, well, can Aklo win a major now? Is that something that can happen? Right. STJ obviously had a really insane run that kind of ended, uh, pretty quickly once, once they got, uh, to top 12, but like still an insane run nonetheless, like the, this top 12, obviously if you, you know, is, is the work of some GQs, but really I'm not going to hold that against it too much all these players who got here got there because of really insane wins really insane victories some some losers runs here um 
Like, it was just... I don't know. I don't want to say it feels like a new era because it, it's felt like this for a little bit. And also Shine Top 12 last year also had, what, like, Mech and Bobby. Like, it's always... And, like, Panko was in there. Panko! My goat! Yeah, right? Like, it, it feels like it's always... Like, I don't know. For whatever reason... What, for whatever reason, Shine always feels like it's ahead of the curve on all these players, even though that's not how bracket works. And yet, like, you look at Shine brackets and they always feel like something is happening there, right? Zane won Shine. That was his first tournament, right? It always feels like the breakthrough for so many people. We already talked about, like, Jude and JoJo and all these people who felt like they made their breakout here. Um, and, like, it raises the question, is this going to be, not the breakout, but is this going to be setting the tone for the rest of the year? We saw some insane sets, right? We saw uh, Cody and Zane swapping 3-0s, then we saw a fucking Game 5 barn burner match to end in Cody's favor. And uh, the question that I have is, like, we've seen so many trends get set by Shine, right? We've seen players come in, get ranked top 100 based on the basis of that. We've seen Zane win. We've seen him, you know, start his major winning career. Is this the start of something new for Cody? What do you think, Stock? You've, uh, you know, I don't, I know that you were not able to watch it live. I think you had to head out. But what, what are your, what are your thoughts on this grand finals? What are your thoughts on Cody's ability to keep this going? Thankfully, I did get to watch it live. Actually, which is pretty. Oh cool. shit! Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, it was only really like the losers' top twelve. I was like all acclimated at home by like, you know, by the time we got to like the actual top eight, I had to like nice. listen to some of the other ones. But no, like, I mean, even, and it's funny you say that because I think kind of one of the precursors to, and even though I would say, so Shine 2019, I'd say probably had the least stacked top eight in the scheme of things. And that a lot of that's due in part to the Plup DQ. That really sucked that year. Plup wasn't feeling well. Um, and that one was interesting because it was like a precursor to kind of lot era but that one when i saw mm. cody like top three that one i was like okay this guy's like you know really legit and and another fun anecdote before i talk about what i think about that is i swear to god this guy gave me like the megan the stallion like eh. <laughs> like when i like go to give him like the the uh, doubles medal he like looked at me like he was like gonna slip my throat for a second like you know he i think he channeled that dark arcane energy into probably my favorite run of his ever like this was a real, this was a really fun run for him, and that was like probably. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll pose this to both of you. Like, was that the best set, my best like sets those two have ever played? In your opinion, I'll pose that to you. Edwin, what do you think? You know, we've been, we talked about what it was Genesis eight winner semis, right? We talked about how that is like the two people who are just shoving each other around, and like it, it was, it was incredible offense incredible defense it like it felt like no one made a mistake it felt like everything had to be outplayed and they've had some good sets since obviously they've had some ones that have been like really back and forth on the lacs one which was a comeback for zane the uh battle of bc one which was a comeback for cody like they've had these really interesting sets that mirror each other and it you know it's, it's very fitting that they mirrored three o's off of each other i don't know like in terms of if you just watch it all the way through, I do think that having two blowouts is a little bit of a, you know, it takes away from it. But watching it there after the Cody 3-0 and winner's finals and then seeing Zane like claw back and just going, is this going to be it? Is this all we're going to see? Is this just going to be a 6-0? And then suddenly watching Cody come alive. I don't, watching it all at once was just an experience that I think it will be hard to top because all the sets that we talked about 
aren't in grand finals, right? I talked about yeah. winner semis. I talked about losers semis. I talked about what was LICS losers. Uh, was that losers finals? Losers semis? I'm blanking. But like being in grand finals of a tournament that Cody has never won. Right? Cody has not won a shine. Last chance to win a shine. Zane could recapture shine again. Right? Uh, you know, third time. I think that. Yeah, third time. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. So that'd be three out of the six, uh, like the stakes were high and, and obviously it being the last one, obviously, like it, it led to all this. So I, I don't know in terms of pure gameplay, probably not, but what it represented and, and what it was and in fucking grand finals of a bracket, I would say yes. Cause I watch this set and I think about everything that we're going to see after, right? If we get to see these players, if we're like getting to be graced by their presence for years to come, that is going to be, a set that we're going to see a lot of. We're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see a lot of it in grand finals. So maybe it won't be the best for, for long, but for right now, I'm going to say, fuck yeah, why not? Let's call it the best one they've ever played. What do you think, Edwin? I think it's the one that's most symbolic of their rivalry and the type of sets that we've seen from them. I'm actually going to make a bit of a historical comparison right now. I think it, I think the, the, the dynamism in this rivalry between one of the players just blowing the other one out, the other one suddenly, you know, take taking the rivalry by the horns, and then suddenly they have a barn burner. It actually reminds me a lot of Mango Leffen back when that was, mm. you know, b- before Mango before Mango went on his, like, l- latest streak, which is ongoing right now. It, it somewhat reminds me of that, honestly, in terms of just every flavor of an entertaining or memorable set it, that you can think of between these two has happened in the, in the last, like, two years, like, since Summit 11 or Summit 12. Well, one of those, I would say Summit 11, since that was the return of like LAN events for the decade after the pandemic. But I think pretty much every set they've had, like I, I remember either because it was so lopsided or I remember because it was really down to the wire. And I think there's something really beautiful about Shine having three sets that, that showcased all these different flavors, right? And even the order in which they came in is pretty unexpected, right? Like when Cody 3-0'd him in winner's finals, I thought, okay, we have we have something kind of like Phantom on our hands here where, where Cody just smacks him up again in Grands. That was not the case. Zane like speed ran him the first set of Grands. And after the first game of the second set, I was worried. I thought, oh my God, is Zane just going to... Is he, is he just going to 6-0 him? And Cody just really, you know, got to give that guy props. He, he turned it around. So really because of what it stands for and because of and because of all the different elements of their rivalry contained on, like what we said, their first, like, major grand final showdown against each other. I think I think this has to be it. I think, it, I think it's got to be mm. the, the most compelling set they've ever had. And if I could... Uh, if I could add one thing from Cody's perspective on this, why I think this is interesting, I think for you know I I'm not going to claim to speak for someone else, you know, let alone speak for Cody, but I think for him it's almost like, like in, in that moment he is the one thing stopping Zane from basically locking number one for the year. Like yeah. if Zane wins this tournament, I I think you know like the rest of the year would still be exciting that we'd still love Melee and we'd still watch it, but I think it it's basically would have been. And honestly, yeah, it, feel might not even be a race for third, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it completely changes. We talked about it. Uh, talked about it last week about how just like there's not a ton of stuff left, and obviously there's going to be stuff, and there is stuff. The big house is going to be. I think big house is going to be very big. I don't have any knowledge to that, but like, it's going to be big. It's going to be important. We're going to have other stuff where people play each other. But yeah, I mean, if if Zane wins this one, it's it's a it's a different world we live in. Um, 
It's so the only I'm... time I've ever rooted for Cody over Zayn. Okay, oh. dude. Oh, and this was that. like what was interesting. I think he need. I think he needed this one. His battle of BC was like really impressive. Pound for pound, this might not be like as powerful as that one because that one was nuts. I mean, you had Zuppy left in um, the Zane, the J move, the two ops, the sets, that type of thing. But I, I, I think like you know he had been kind of trailing off. He's kind of had like a lot of ones this year where he's like been just at the cusp. I think the two big first places he had this year were that and um, major major upset. upset. Yeah, major yeah. upset. You know, he had had like some seconds and thirds. And I think since that May, he had been kind of like, you know, dragging his feet a little bit, um, starting to get like some energy back at SSC. But no, I think he needed this. And I think, honestly, I think the ball's like in his court now. So if I had to, to go back to like your original question, I think moving forward, I think he has a very strong chance of, you know, maybe ending this year number one. He had yeah. like, it, it, I, I really, I really do. I mean, it depends on. Riptide's gonna really send the tone. Obviously, we got um, we got the World Series coming up. Uh, I always call Genesis Super Bowl and uh, Big House the World Series. We got that in the works, though. I'm not sure if that'll quite work with his health schedule, but you know, I don't yeah. think he's really discussed that yet. So we'll see. But I mean, at, at the very least, um, we we'll have quite a show in about a week from now. Uh, there, I, I I do genuinely think you know as much as someone who admittedly like you know does tune out for a lot of these top eights. I'm actually like way more invested in you know seeing who's in like the top ten at this point than here. Um, than I that I haven't been in that level like in quite some time, and I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. And also, thank God, H got Xbox wasn't at this tournament. Oh my God, that's that's enough. But that's another thing entirely. So, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think he's he's got a strong one here to kind of. He's got two two of the best first places I've seen this year, and yeah. uh, I, I only wish the best to him. And you know, um, yeah. So I think what you mentioned is kind of unfortunately a bit of a the sad truth is that like this will. Uh, you know, be depending on himself. Uh, Cody, I don't know what he did in a past life, but, like, this is the story every year, right? It's like how we talked about Leffen, but Leffen was kind of almost always out of his own devices, except for kind of the Visa stuff. It's always like, what if Leffen didn't also play Guilty Gear? How good would we, what if What if Leffen didn't pick up Smash Ultimate? What if he didn't play Dragon Ball Fighters? Uh, and unfortunately, those what-ifs are a lot sadder for Cody because it's a lot of, like, Life stuff that's happening, obviously health stuff now. It was health stuff last year with his hands and obviously a lot going on that we don't need to get into. Um, so that is kind of the unfortunate uh, thing there. But like he talked about it on in his uh, in his interview is that like he wants to compete. He wants to keep doing it. He's got a he's got surgery coming up. And if it's if it's like this week, he'll go to Riptide. If it's a you know next week, then he might not, might not be able to. But he's like literally trying so hard and and he's always been the type to try so hard and that's like why it feels so gratifying to see him win even though yeah he's got a personality that can grade on people i understand that <laughs> i've seen those clips i've seen the clip of plop uh you know i'm not gonna get into what the clip is clip uh react plop reacting to a clip of cody's <laughs> but like god seeing him when he actually puts it all together because we all know he can't right we all know that like he could just be the best player it's a gratifying feeling and i hope to see him do it uh, maybe I don't even know if he needs to get number one for me, but I just want to see him make it close because I know he can. 
and uh i want him to challenge i think melee is more fun when cody is challenging zane and able to do things like yes yeah for sure absolutely concur and hey good news while i was browsing his thing he did say seven hours ago back to melee big house grind so well fingers crossed looking you know god it yeah as someone who you know to go at your point i've warmed up considerably him to him over the years and i think this year you can't just like i mean the the roll of the dice him and madge i had towards the beginning of this year is something i wouldn't wish on my worst enemy and to just see him kind of take it in stride and like you know keep it moving there and there you one thing you can't say regardless of what you think of the guy he's a perseverant motherfucker he, he's persistent and he's gonna he's, he's gonna been go given so, too so many someone, reasons to get out of the game and yet, yeah someone sponsors us like for the love of christ or egg dog go all in on this man that's <laughs> come on uh, yeah, yeah one thing some with, egg dog merch yeah one thing i want to mention with cody is that i think he's also you know i love history i love thinking of player legacies and things like that i think cody is like I've written about this earlier in the year, you know, before he won shine, I think Cody is quietly like kind of carving his own path as someone that someone who could potentially end his career as the greatest Fox player ever. And this is going to sound crazy because you you have someone like mango in the competition who has used both Fox and Falco to win various majors. You have someone like Leffen whose success we're all pretty familiar with, but you know, if we talked about King Cody and number one, you know, I, I do think it's kind of hard just given because of his personal and health health issues stopping him from it, potentially stopping him from attending as many majors as, as he may want. And in, in that time span, Zane may be able to attend those same events and career accomplishments. But as, as far as Cody's like own legacy goes, I mean, I, we're, we're talking someone who's entering a group of players of like, I, I mentioned Leffen before, but even like PP and Azen are kind of there. And the, the more Cody wins, especially in a year like, like this one, or even heading into next year, I really think like we're, I, I mentioned this after he won his second summit, that he was starting to enter like a very unique or, or like an extremely exclusive club of people who won multiple majors. And the more he continues to win majors and the more he continues to add to his legacy, the more I really think he should be start being considered as one of, if not at some point in the future, the greatest Fox player of all time. And I think that's like, you know, there's so many amazing fox players today but i truly think that even more than leffen to an extent and especially in the modern era i think cody schwab like is fox like i think his his fox is just like so beautiful to watch and it's really like the one player who i've seen like him play the character and i've and he like makes fox look like the best character in the game by far and i think that it's a it's like a feeling i i don't get from a lot of players for for their character I, I think uh, I, just, I just think Cody's legacy is just extremely impressive, and I, I, I can't wait to see how it develops the, the more he's in the game. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's interesting. I've never heard that one before. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, he kind of – I will agree that he does epitomize Fox right now. Mm-hmm. I'm big left till the day I die, though, so we'll see. <laughs> Cody definitely given us reasons to think that it's not open to shut case, which no, uh, no, you know, I, I the the history that the game has had going into this and how what we've all seen, you know, if you got into the if you got into the game through the Docker or, or whatever Evo or like, 
I don't know. It's such an insane thing to even bring up the idea that maybe the best Fox player we haven't even seen him yet. It's <laughs> it's right? so oh, it's shit. so wild, right? Yeah, like this game, insane? this game has been out yeah. for two decades. It's like more than two decades. The idea of someone like Cody, like like no one, no one has ever been rank one with Solo Fox, and the idea that Cody could suddenly do it and have this extremely like. This this imprint on melee history that only he could claim to, like I think that would just be it would be a hell of a story and just an incredible accomplishment. Well, we've got some chances to see it happen. You did say it's going to be difficult, but we've talked about it that Cody doesn't seem to be um, any stranger to difficulties, unfortunately. So uh, we'll see. I think that he's definitely a type of person who could who could make it through. It really just comes down to availability, right? If he's not able to go to shine because of health or Riptide because of health, I just honestly think that that does hurt, unfortunately. Yeah. He can't go to Big House for whatever reason. That's really going to hurt. Um, we've got an interesting little fall coming up, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about it last week, um, but we've got a... We've got kind of a mirror to what we had in the beginning of the year, in, in a way. Because at the beginning of the year, we had a lot of tournaments that were not able to run. Uh, you know, VGBC, obviously, was, was shutting down a lot of their tournaments. So it left a lot of holes in the scene. And I do think that the scene did a really great job of, of bolstering these tournament series up that, that kind of needed it, right? They needed it. We needed it. Um, so we got to see Collision. That became a major. We got to see Major Upset. That became a major. These things that really like we're kind of dipping their toes into melee like we were able to show them so much love and it's, it's going to kind of be something interesting at the end of this year where we've got big house we've got riptide two established majors um you know riptide as i said broke it's uh broke the entry count last year um overall record for riptide obviously would have to be 2021 where it was like the comeback major but like yeah. they, they have more than they did last year Big House did, had so many last year trending upwards, and I think that, honestly we could break that again. We could we could be the first uh, see the first year that two melee singles events have a thousand people in them. I think it's gonna break since it since twenty eighteen. I'm I'm like, I'm like easily thinking it's gonna do that. To be honest, this Big House seems to have an insane amount of hype behind it. Not only for the fact that like the biggest tournament I know of after happening after it is like Santa Claus. Well, moment, yeah, that's so. the thing, right? It's like we have these huge tournaments, and I think that it's important for the scene to not be that myopic because like there's two months after, uh, and yeah, there's stuff in it. It's it's just about supporting it, right? Are we gonna support Santa Paws or Dreamhack or uh, Arca Melee or you know? Uh, that... Is Arca Melee the only thing in November? I think that's the only thing I really saw happen yeah, in I November. D- Dude, I, I I have seen some tweets from from LTC and they are giving some eyes emoji shit but i don't know if that's even coming back this year i don't know Just if that's gonna be next announce year it thing. dude we're, we're i'm so over games in like 2023 <laughs> especially in an era where like you know the landscape is open for you to like fucking get this shit like like you said if you told me like even like back in circuit era like a year ago that collision was gonna be as big as a stack that it is real, i'd say real. you're out of your fucking mind but the, we live in a completely different world now and like we- yeah, go so, ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I'm just saying. I'm just like, like you said, it's it's not. Don't be myopic. It's the new series. The phoenix can rise from ashes. You may not have even seen from before. Or new new flowers, whatever fucking analogy you want to use. <laughs> There's some cool ass shit coming out. Support your the fucking scene. That's all yeah. I gotta say. I mean, we've got Kilroy. We've got out of the blue. Like we're, you know, I think one of the cool things about this year 
is um as I mentioned, I mentioned it earlier, I saw this trend, uh, I found it today, so that's why I keep repeating it, is that almost every major has better numbers this year than they did last year. Uh, and even, like, the the smaller regional, like, the smaller major-esque things, like Low Tide, still follow that trend. And you could see that and kind of say, okay, well, it's happening at the expense of regionals. It's not! We're seeing regionals that are bigger than ever. We're seeing, or not bigger than ever, but we're seeing like a lot of regionals. We're seeing new regionals pop up. We're seeing these um, scenes that were kind of not dying, but were just were not what they were before the pandemic. We're seeing them build back up. And, and I think that, you know, stuff like Kilroy, stuff like uh, Out of the Blue, hopefully Cream City Convergence, the, the weird like Milwaukee Bucks tournament. Hopefully that type of stuff is able to pop up as well. But like we are seeing in between of these majors, we're seeing these regionals. And that's what's something that I think gets lost when we talk about, you know, this beating numbers of last year, this beating numbers of last year is just how many small tournaments there are. I remember like, you know, last year, uh, obviously it's related to COVID, but last year, if there wasn't a major, you're kind of shit out of luck, right? If you wanted to, to know life the weekend and just uh, fucking order some Chinese food and watch Twitch like we all do, you're out of luck. There was if, if it wasn't a major on, there was nothing on. And yet here we are. There's stuff like every week. Well, not this week, but there's stuff almost every week. Uh, and that's one of the great things that, that like, is kind of lost in the cracks. We just talk about the big stuff. Edward, what do you think? You you met you. You hit you hit a wheat a couple minutes ago, and then we kind of trailed on. But but what are your thoughts on all this? We what were the two words that we constantly said all of 2022? It was me who said it, and I said it was a uh, buyer's market. Okay. Do you think that is it possible that in this current climate, with a lot of small events and very few big like official events? That we could be in a seller's market where people are realizing that, you know, with the the lack of circuits, the sort of ambiguous ecosystem that we're in, that the that the one thing they can do to really keep the scene alive is not be too picky with tournaments and start going to whatever is available. Do you think it's possible that we've entered the, <sighs> the opposite of that? Well, we definitely were early on in the year, right? You know, buyer's market being the idea of there's so many tournaments that, and, and well, it's there's so many tournaments and they're slippy. So if you want to have people come out to your tournament, you got to give them something that they are not currently getting from a different tournament or from just sitting uh, and queuing up on unranked or direct connect or ranked now. Um, and like it used to be that, right? It used to be, are you a part of a circuit? Do you have a uh, hundred uh, setups? Do you have like it used to be all these types of things to try to entice people because you needed to. And then we got to a point early in the year where it was like. We're in a hotel ballroom. You guys are going to be like the second game, ultimate, really an ultimate tournament. And like those tournaments became things that we now talk about as majors, right? Uh, Jay Luke's collision win is, is, is like one of the most important things that he has on his resume. Cody, we already mentioned major upset, even though he's eclipsed with other wins. But like that is, if you're talking about what can make him number one, that tournament could help. And, and like, <laughs> dude, who would have thought that uh, last year, right? That like this tournament for that like some little ultimate thing well some big ultimate thing uh could could like really move the needle there uh but yeah we're getting into kind of a weird thing where like we've had a uh, major two weeks uh, and then like a week off and then another major then a week off then another major um so it does kind of feel like we are in like kind of a, a little bit of a 
I don't know, like an oasis of sorts. It's a weird ass lull, dude. The biggest tournament this week is like fucking Scenic City Smat. Like, yeah. it's not. It, but it's what it's interesting what you say because like there is stuff to watch, but as far as like biggies, it's very far and few between. I, I don't know if you call it an oasis, like whatever. I, I get well, the analogy. I get the analogy that now we've actually, got three majors. Weird. In, that's what in it like is. Six weeks, you, right? Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But no, it's uh, I, uh, I'm happy with how we are, and maybe maybe that's cope. But one of the things I think about for ma- entrance, it's pretty great. I am too. No, I'm I'm like pretty, dude. I yeah. It's the end of the convention center era. I said it at the start of it, like right when we announced that shit. I mean, because I will say, like, I expected going back to shine. Like, I expected this to be the last one for many circumstances. But, like, you know, I think in general, I don't think scaling down is inherently a bad thing because yeah. not everything lasts forever. And if you got to end some of these convention city center ones to have more of these, like, sustainable, like, almost like a new breed of, like, super regionals becoming nationals, like your collisions, you know, that type of thing. And also, like, leaning in more to that. We might not be getting Evo again anytime soon. But lean into your dream hacks, you know, get your organizers to talk to them more. You know, you get your quad days putting their foot, putting their foot in the door with like fucking CEO, that type of thing. Like, it's not a bad thing for us to collaborate with some of these other ones if it means that we get more sustainable endeavors. And I will say, like, as I mean, the shine was like entirely independent like um which is nice because there's not as much of a delay with like payouts and whatnot i mean for christ's sakes we're literally starting to pay out people as of like today in some regards so that's like unprecedented really which is kind of cool but you know you gotta you gotta take your shots on it and even though and so i don't think it's a bad thing that hey there's a weekend of like we don't have like a big one to watch but like you have fucking like 20 30 odd regionals you could watch too like yeah. and some of these regionals i mean you mentioned like out of the blue i mean for fuck's sake, the first one of that, I was looking at that. I'm like, this could this could be like a, a national like back in the day, like in some regards, right? you know, it's crazy. I think it's tough to compare the years that are post pandemic. And that's that's going to be something we're going to have for a little bit that these years are so totally different. And, and like the reasons why is because of like a fucking, you know, uh, virus that made us all stay inside forever. So it's impossible to look at 2021 and compare it to 2022 and compare that to 2023. Um, but yet, if I were to do so, last year felt it was it was you know had these a lot of majors and it had obviously the circuit. It was exciting for sure. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but it kind of felt like if if it wasn't a major, there wasn't a lot between it. And and if you want to talk about sustainability, I don't know how sustainable that is. We're no. seeing a lot of tournaments that are smaller in scope, but getting a lot of players. We're seeing a lot of unique players. And I think one of the things that's really good about regionals is that um, if you look at like kind of how the top 100 was, uh, if you look at like a lot of the seventies and stuff like that, they're not there just by majors alone. It's, it was like a lot of like going to a, one or two majors and then getting a lot of your wins at like regionals, right? That That's kind of how it used to be. Uh, it gives players a chance to play people who they, uh, they might not play before. Like the, the dreaded curse of going to a major and getting 49th, losing to people who are seated above you. It's just like, great. What does that tell us? Right. You didn't beat anyone. You didn't lose anyone bad. 
but it gives players these chances to like break out. It gives these players chances to like be a part of the scene without uh, spending a thousand dollars on like hotel, plane fare, you know, uh, registration, all that. I I think it's super sick because we still have these majors, right? Where there there are still things that people could get into, but having the infrastructure of the regionals and the locals rise up this year is something that we are going to see in years a future, right? We might not see it this year. Uh, it, it just might not be something that like is readily apparently what apparent when we talk about 2023 in a vacuum, but what is happening right now? What's growing uh, on the lower level compared to like last year, 2021 is going to show dividends, right? We've got players who uh, obviously, you know, there's the, the, all the talk about like the people who, play slippy and go to one major that's their first major and stuff like that and, <laughs> like that's always going to be a thing but we're also going to see people who play slippy get super good go to regional get super good and then go to majors from there and be, like get established through there like we're going to see a lot of that in the future so oh, yeah talking about the fall is a little weird because we've got two tournaments i think are going to be very big riptide and then one that's going to blow out of the water in big house and then we have a couple other things that could be big. Uh, Santa Paul's obviously has some top players attached to it. Arkham Melee has some top players attached to it. Dreamhack, if that is we don't even know if it fucking has Melee. Like true, <laughs> it probably will, but it's certainly not announced right now. Yeah, so we'll like, see how Rise and Grind turns out. Also, that one I'm super. That one I'm super interested to see how that where how that pans out. I would like it to be more than just their Texas regional. Whether or not to talk that to happens, Kags. we'll see. I got to talk to Cagnet at Shine at uh, mm-hmm. our SmashCon. I room uh, with him. I room with him at Shine. Yeah, him and RJ. Yeah. We got a chance to talk about Rise and Grind. And I was like, hey, I know this is like a shitty thing to hear. But like, I do think that Melee, it grows in a very interesting way. And not in a way that Ultimate necessarily does. But like, look at the majors we have right now. A lot of the first years they ran, they were not popping, right? Look at Battle of BC now. It's one of the, the majors that everyone wants to go to. But... Battle BC one was was pretty small. Battle BC two is pretty small. Like they were able to fly out like left and an S fat or whatever, but it just kind of grew to become this thing where it's like, you see it and you go fuck. I want to go. How did I miss that? How did I miss that shit? Uh, and and then the next year you go and then you say the same thing and then your friends go fuck. I gotta go next year, right? That's like how these tournaments grow. And I I I talked to Cagd and I was like, unfortunately. Like, you might be at the early years of that because I know that what that team puts into it, you know, it's Cagged and, and, uh, and Grail, and they've got uh, Gallant Gaming, who's who's running it as well. Uh, that team, like, puts on amazing events. And unfortunately, they're just in the phase where they have to prove it to Melee people. They have 100, yeah. 100 setups for Melee alone. I want to repeat that. They have 100 Melee setups. Oh, wow. And, like, their dedication to making it a good experience will pay off because i think everyone who goes will have a good experience and then it becomes that type of thing where you go fuck how did i miss this event uh and oh, like it sucks to tell some of that right and it sucks that like we have to operate on like maybe the first year just won't be that big uh but i honestly think that if rising grind's not going to be a big event this year it's if it's just kind of going to be like the texas people plus whoever whatever big names they're able to wrangle um i think that next year it, it like its reputation will be very good so I don't know. The, the fall is going to be weird because I think that it's laying groundwork for what the next year is going to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's cope, right? Maybe you see <laughs> see like a couple months without big tournaments. But like honestly, I legitimately look at the, the schedule. I look at the calendar and I'm not sure if I see a bona fide super major like that other than 
uh, like Big House or Riptide. But what I do see is a lot of things that I think will become important in the future. And that's important. So those are my thoughts on it. I feel like I've talked for 10 minutes straight. What do you think, Stock? You're uh, obviously... You're very clued into the scene. You're clued into the scene of running events, of like uh, watching events. Like, what do you think of all this? Yeah, I mean, there'll be some fun ones. I mean, I do know of at least a couple more probably bigger tournaments in November. Even though I've kind of removed myself from the TO cabal, I uh, you don't lose some of those secrets. You don't lose being tapped in in some regards. And I think, yeah, no, I, I would really hope stuff like rise and grind. Um, stuff like fail safe and New Jersey, all these like small ones, you know, who I think is where I actually want to touch on this early, who I think is really going to kind of take the ball and who I think interestingly enough, I, I mean, I'm very comfortable with who, with the people in new England, continuing the legacy of like running these big tournaments. I've already heard rumblings of some stuff. I have zero worries with that. Who I'm really interested to see cook is my boy, Jake. Nobody knows because getting the type <laughs> of interest they're getting in Milwaukee um, I mean, Invincible is like a crazy ass event. I mean, that's like its whole thing entirely. But let him cook with like some conventional events like this. Um, I forget the date for that. I know it's already announced. Cream City it's, Convergence. I, just I wanna, say the name. Yeah, I want to say it's like in October. I believe or, it is uh, September 30th. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I guess I'll go fuck myself. Yep, September 30th. <laughs> Um, God, I fucking hate that name, but I fucking love his TOing. He's someone I think really has kind of a good mind for it and like can kind of get things popping me for Christ's sakes. That one I know has to have a cap and they're already at like 185. They seem to be doing like fairly well on the melee end. That's, um, you know, I mean, they got like 50. It looks like a good amount of like spread across the games. I think the future really is leaning into the multi-game. I've been a multi-game believer forever. One thing that was really cool about Shine is we had, like, so many weird setups. There was, like, a double dash tournament going on there. Because here's here's the thing, folks. Think about it. If you're, so here's, here's like, a, a little a little wisdom, I guess. Say if you use gaming gen as a vendor and you want to come up with ideas outside of the box. Those Wii's come with more than Melee Dog. Like that, that double dash thing was just like a random, we had side people running and it's like, okay, double dash is already on these, get it going. You'll never know what kind of like crossover will get certain people over the edge. Like I remember like that Super Mario Strikers, like, um, not Strikers, whatever the fucking baseball one is. Um, I saw stuff like that. Sluggers. yeah, yeah, sluggers. Like seeing like a sluggers <laughs> tournament, that's sick. I mean, leaning into more of like the FGC melee stuff's a good combo. Um, like just see, uh, that's what it all comes about. Not only do you have to like converge a lot within regions, because like I mean, ultimately my my biggest secret to how I did so well as a TO is le- is thinking of because a lot of people used to think of it of it just of like this region where we're at as like New England and Tri-State. I took the approach of like, okay, all these Midwest motherfuckers, all these South motherfuckers always travel to it. And you know why? It's because they view each other as the ATL South and the Midwest. Let's start thinking of it as the Northeast. And as soon as I started thinking like that, that's when shit really started to keep moving. I mean, if I could compare like one for one, how many Tri-State people went to New England, like before Gigahog, it's like not even fucking comparable. And, you know, it's sad that like, I don't have some of these things and I, I would not be lying if like a big contributor to some of the things like, 
a lot of my biggest ideas kind of being snuffed out by COVID. I mean, for Christ's sakes, right before um, that, the last Gigahog that I ran personally, um, before I already took over the brand, we had, it was a snowstorm and like the original cat, we had hit cap already, like, you know, had like 90 people show up in a snowstorm. We literally were going to have to move out of that basement into a fucking like hall, like concert hall type deal in goddamn Wallingford, Connecticut. Okay. I was cooking. All right. And I still, and we still have some good stuff here. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like the rise of it. So the future to me in, in one word is like view is maybe like as much as the locals are good at some of these gaming shops, go for there for these regionals. you got to find stuff that had, you know, look at your like, you know, entertainment venues, like uh, how they do wisdom in like the fucking mall of America look at you know perhaps partnering with some conventions at casinos i mean GamerCon was big because we're up we've been at mohegan forever i mean people know mohegan look for these brands and if you can't like partner with some of them i will i will say you know now that i'm out the game my big final hurrah before i kind of decided i was gonna um put it before shine i was really interested in going back to gillette stadium because the um showcase live venue where we ran shift which you know for a lot of reasons is that one of my biggest regret tournaments and also one of my favorite tournaments we ever ran monitor melee sucked back then um sucked really bad is you know you got to find like unique venues unique opportunities you got to think outside of the box and you got to view it as like the player experience like a lot as, as cool as it is i mean for me at the end of the day i think having a stream i think having a commentator is great but as a TO, I don't give a fuck about the stream half the time. I'm caring about those players. I want the retention. And there's a reason I built kind of the rapport I did, like not only within like New England and the Northeast, but across the way. Because I treat my players well because, you know, to steal the famous adage, I treat them the way I want to be treated. I want to, I was lucky to have people like Emily Waves, like making like Neb such an inviting inviting environment i was lucky to have people like rolled gold bring me in there um having even the big blue guys give me a chance i mean i started off more as a commentator than anything and like you know quite frankly i i was a very naive like back in those days i kind of had to have my like kind of rough awakening and I, what i'll say is if you're willing to put in the hours you're willing to listen and you're willing to do research across the board because i studied pretty much you know tricking the trade of wanting to know stuff about all these fucking random ass players is that you conversely learn about their regions and their TOs. And even before you get to talk to them, I mean, like, God, I wish, I wish I had the bandwidth to pull the Nardwar thing off at, um, <laughs> at shine because Tuesday had the costume ready and everything. Like we really could have done it. I really could have pulled up on motherfuckers. There were at least three top players. Who, like I was talking to Josh, man. And someone was like, Oh, that's stock money. He's like, you're stock money. I'm like, oh, you're fucking like, I had like been talking to him for like months. The voice had one there. I love pulling. I love pulling that um, type of thing off. So like, right, let Edwin let Edwin do his his voice. He's gonna okay. do a Josh Man impression. Go for it. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that at all. What? <laughs> I was. I what was going fuck? to. Uh, I was gonna bring up the just like for one event that I think talks about. What, you just what teased you were me. Thinking of a well, he teased you. I I didn't tease you at all. You do this. Okay, him. fucking your gas. All right, all of us. give me give me your point. Give me your point. I'm already. Dude oh, I was impression. I was gonna talk about being excited for the Smash boxing event in Washington. Dude, in a Luder Ghost compression. Oh shit, I forgot. Oh, I forgot about. Yeah, unique shit like that is sick. That's as long as every as long as uh, there's all the the safety precautions and whatnot. Because goddamn it, I've seen 
some stupid ass fights at smash tournaments i re- <laughs> i really I, I mean i've seen i saw two motherfuckers like the last my mom like fucking get in like a classic ass like you know in the cartoons when they like roll like a fuck when like these motherfuckers are like holy shovel like cartwheel i literally saw two idiots drunk idiots cartwheel down the fucking my mom stairs and uh i think you two have been in that fucking place though so that's a fucking long thing of stairs okay like that's not just your average jaunt all right so but no like cool ass ideas people got to be afraid to take risks not afraid to take risks think outside of the box and think about the in-person experience rather than, you know, before you start worrying about how your tournament looks to the rest of the scene, worry about how it looks to your scene. Ingratiate those with people, the people get, actually the, go, right? Yeah, those the put the time in. Back. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got to put the hours in and you got to be, you got to be willing to fucking, you know, have that passion. And, and also don't work alone because I would definitely try to put shoulder a lot of stuff on and I've been lucky that in, in an era where truthfully I have been burned out for quite some time, but what really kept me in is having people like, you know, Khalid, who I like, you know, was one of my first people I really got the chance to kind of mentor way back in Hog, who now, in my opinion, has surpassed me in a lot of ways. I mean, if you were wondering how godlike that stream schedule was, like the scheduling of matches was at, at Shine, that was all him. You have people like Jules, like making like the shit, cool stuff like yearbooks, photo. You need to like, if people are interested and want to learn from want to learn from you, you got to work with them. You know, those are the, because those are the type of people, because for so, quite some time I had this mindset of thinking like I was going to be kind of the one to, to guide it into the light, but eventually life circumstances are going to change. Your priorities will shift. And while I'm, I have no desire to leave this scene, I know I did. I was losing my desire to kind of be like, you know, one of like the the leaders of the new england scene and not only am i like you know i I said it earlier in the podcast i have literally zero fears about my region thriving if anything i think that some of them will go on to have an influence on the greater scene that maybe i had in some ways and i mean i downplay myself on a lot of that i'm probably one of the people tos with the biggest egos but also you know constantly doubting myself too and I think, you know, you got, you got to be willing, you got to be willing to fail. You got to be willing to try new shit. You got to be willing to fail and inspire the next generation. So I'm excited to see how a lot of these ones in the fall go. Riptide and Big House are going to kill it. And who knows, maybe we'll have a new big thing in Rise of Brian and Santa Paws. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's my TED talk on it. You got to be willing to innovate and you got to be willing to take criticism. Because at one point I wasn't. And the moment I did is the moment I started popping the fuck off. So. You know, I, I think that kind of runs perfectly into a few, few of the questions that we have because uh, I think a lot of the people want to have more insight onto this type of stuff. So, so we obviously reached out to the patrons for questions, and uh, they, they put up some good ones. Credit, credit, credits too. We got some good questions for you. So, it's, a lot of it is about New England melee, but it's the you know, type of stuff that you've been saying. I think that you're, uh, if anyone were going to ask about may I think you're the perfect person. So uh, this one's from Johnny Gamble. This is uh, his questions. Within the subculture of New England Melee, are there any, uh, is there any fun story from a local which perfectly exemplifies what makes that subculture unique? So a what? fun story from a local that kind of is perfectly New England Melee. The last my mom is like, you know, what I just kind of mentioned with like that cartoon ass cartwheel. <laughs> like that, that was like a very wholesome event. You had like people bringing up like, you know, just all the different generations coalescing, coming together and kind of just like having a good time. Um, 
And and that's really like what it's all about. One of my favorite ones that actually perfectly encapsulates the scene is one of the most recent tournaments we did. Um, one of my last ones. It was called the Sauna, and it was an invitation pseudo invitational event where you guys actually, well, Edwin, you know, did uh, assembled the cabal of New England people and and, and uh, donors to kind of get a top fifty for us made, and that inspired a lot of people to grind, and that inspired Sweat, who really has only been in the scene post pandemic to end up hosting like you know he'll later do a black tie event but we're like in this like really nice lounge and we have like all these up-and-coming players like in kind of a like quaint setting just absolutely grinding the shit out of melee round robin pools all best of fives that type of thing and then you know just like hanging out and whatnot because at the end of the day like the new england scene it's all about grinding, but it's all about the social stuff too. You know, I've seen so many friendships be forged across state lines. I've seen people make some of the, like the most insane drives. I mean, what, what my favorite part about the Gigahog series was I always had the mindset of, okay, like I'm perfectly in between New York. It's a quick train ride for New York, quick drive from, from New England, you know, unless you're in Maine, but those fuckers actually came more than one human should ever drive from Maine to Connecticut. But you know, that's, that's what you got to do. You create that type of fostering environment. So while I can't, that's what, that's the thing is that I have such a hard time picking just one because I can't think of an event, you know, really at some of these ones where like people weren't just coming across the Atlantic. What makes you New England an especially unique region compared to a lot of them is that New England is, you know, compared to like a Midwest, we're geographically speaking, not as big as them, but we get all these different state lines converging like all the time and just like, you know, working together to build a strong scene that we almost are considered like one unit in that sense. Whereas you can say that in some ways about like the Midwest or other ones like that. But, you know, and another thing too is like if one thing defined fucking New England and you touched upon it at the beginning, it's the fucking melee games. Okay. Half of our scene, if not two thirds, is here because of the melee games and stayed because of the melee games. And, you know, I, I will say I've said this in like the discord before it is public knowledge, but before CSL took it over uh, myself and Stormcloud were past the reins by Matt.zeb to kind of take it over. And, you know, it ended up getting bought out, unfortunately, and I didn't get the chance to do that. That would probably be one of my biggest regrets because I really think that, and I still think there's room for that type of thing. I really, I really do because every time I think collegiate melee dot is, is, or collegiate smash is on the verge of dying people look at northeastern now oh northeastern has more people than they ever did and for fuck's sake the biggest tournament the biggest regional new england post mage era prior to um bust was nsa northeastern smash attack and they didn't have nearly the scene they have now i mean for fuck's sake the northeastern tos are so good i literally have them running new game plus now like college bracket tos literally guiding the future of a region fucking crazy so you know generational shit dude (laughs) yeah i would say i would say overall melee games is probably the thing that really is the defining new england experience this generation new england almost all of them are from there and you know it, it, it fostered a lot of friendships we have some of the most old school players in the biz tree loke is on the verge of retiring and he's been playing since like 
05, you got the Shinde's been around that long. Mad has been around not, not long after that trail, all these people. And I think the reason they stay is we we're more about, the, I mean, we grind like motherfuckers, but we're so about the player experience. That's what it's always been about. So, yeah. So uh, Edwin, I think you I, got another question. Yeah, this one is from Baller. Um, ooh, this is, a, this is actually this is a very good question from Baller. Um, I picked it out. I don't know. That's a very a funny thing to say. Yeah, Baller. Baller can come up with the great questions, man. I don't need. You know what? The Baller Coalition doesn't need your shit. Yeah, I just. I don't even know. I don't even know if you. I plead the fifth. I plead you the fifth. You know what? Take what are your thoughts one. on no, no, no. tournament Take the next content one. I'll behind ask this a paywall? Interviews, Baller deserves cans, better content, etc. All right, stock. Bye, my good friend are you, Baller. Asks, are you, are you what are your thoughts me? on tournament no, content No, I just said this. Interviews, Caster well, Cams, me, extra content, etc. I literally et just said this. Okay, I well, okay, I missed what both of you just said because y'all right. were having so a Baller says, Someone asked the No, Baller is asking. Holy shit! Thoughts on tournament content behind a paywall. Interviews, Caster Cams, extra content, etc. I asked it first, and I asked it better. I might add. You actually asked answer, asked it uh, way worse, and also you don't represent no, why is it worse? coalition. It, explain explain it to me. Rizless. It was just, just it Rizless, dude. It wasn't Rizless. You're Rizless. You're projecting. All right, that was projecting. Stock money. <sighs> I mean, you behind can... a pay, behind a paywall. I mean, I don't love it personally. Like, I I think there's room for like some content like that. I don't think like. I mean, extra content for sure. I mean, look at look at your guys' model. I mean, like, you made so many fucking quality podcasts and, like, videos that, like, you have this culture. I love, like, the patron cu- chat culture of Melee Stats is what makes it so unique that, like, we've literally built the fucking family. Do you know how much I look forward to, like, seeing people I've never, I, like, Aww. from fucking regions I would have never, like, sweet. fucking fathomed of, of, like, meeting people in my life? I have some of my fucking best online friends that become great. I mean, for Christ's sakes, I have a literal, like, child, my fucking apprentice, like, Erland Rich, like, from fucking this Discord. So I think, like, what's cool about it is that if you – the way you guys do it, I think, is, like, very much there. I think that's a great thing. I personally never tried to really do, like, paywall stuff as far as, like, my events are concerned. However, I have seen, like, I I have seen, like, the fruits of that labor, like, some stuff I did that was really effective in person and online, too, was, like, I kind of had, like, the, um, the carpool model slash, like, incentivizing, like, um, you know, that type of stuff to get people out, um, who usually wouldn't, and then, you know, kind of almost pivoting that to online too. I mean, I had people donating like every fucking week, stupid amounts of money to DigiHog that like I could just pay out for like a random ass Netflix tournament. So I think as far as paywalls, I think there's more room for like crowdfunding initiatives without necessarily draining people's wallets um, that are there. But I also don't think it's inherently like a bad thing to like have like a model of like interviews and like extra content. I don't really know what he means by caster cams, to be honest. But like the other stuff, I mean, and and it, and it scales too. Like maybe offer like some, maybe just even like one extra content piece for like a couple bucks a month, and then maybe like an interview or an extra podcast episode. That's like the big thing with like podcasts now. Like for example, like uh, one of my favorites is Stiff Stock, Stiff Socks, which like. Trevor Lawrence and like that one, they have like an extra episode a week. Like you just pay like five bucks and you're getting, it, it feels like you get like more of a intimate experience. So in the same way that I talked so much about like, like, you know, making the players actually deserve to be there. 
there's room to you for the, to get these people that are that passionate about your shit to do it. I mean, for Christ's sake, your whole player spotlight, a lot of that on top of like your own capital is built off of the back of people that are passionate about it. So interact with your community and they'll fucking interact with you. Yeah. I think one thing here is that like, we might like, uh, it, it, we're in a very good position where the kind of the smaller brands are able to have that closer connection and we just might not see it on a larger scale because logistically, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense, right? If you have, uh, like, I think the idea here is that, like, could you pay for premium Genesis experience? It's like, well, how many people are going to buy that? And it probably does not justify uh, the people who have to put it, like, put the work in to do that, right? Let's say you have interviews. They're only available by being on the Genesis Patreon. Um, they have to pay someone to do those interviews. And, like, if they don't hit that threshold, that might not be worth it. Like, let's say you have caster cams, which I guess is just like um, a camera of the casters that's always on, like stuff like that. I don't know. That's something that obviously we already have, right? We already have uh, com uh, cameras that are on our commentators. But like, if it's going to be something that they have to put extra thought into, then that might just be more billable hours, right? And it's like, do you actually end up making it? I think it's an interesting idea. And as we like see these tournament series, um, try to make themselves more unique i think that it's definitely something they could do but yeah i think you're right in terms of like if this is going to work it's going to be smaller brands i think it's a cool question though um and to round it out we got a question from derby so he uh so derby asks what's your dream new england venue location for a major oh for Loaded a major question. shit big one, big one. shit that's i mean i mean like so i wouldn't say the pax venue because that one's like a little crazy but like there were three uh the boston convention and exhibit center however there is one right next to the um uh what's it called the prudential center there is there is a conference center um right next to there and that one's pretty cool um one that i was like really happy like the heinz convention center rather that one would probably be i mean that's pretty prime location um, but I mean, like, in, if anything, this is going to sound weird, but I wish we could go back to the fucking George Sherman Union at BU. I think bus was like going to fucking hit like we could have doubled that easily and fit it too. like, I'm not even kidding. Like I for me, it's like. It's interesting. I like the fact that we were in the majors, but me personally, I was always kind of like, you know, the um, I was like very much involved but i was always like a tier below or a tier a half tier below the super staff because i don't have that type of capital but running like something like that would be a fucking like dream for me you know that that type of thing would be definitely the vibe um so probably that or like this one in Providence is kind of cool, but the thing is, is like you got to think about where people would like actually show up and like yeah. bought, like, and that's a big reason why. I mean, as far as viable venues that would still be left, even if Big Blue wasn't like burnt out, there aren't a ton left. Um, but you know, and I did, I did read the questions before this, and I wanted so that's my answer there. And I did want to answer one more before we go. As far as what I'm doing next, I'm still around. I'll probably do some advisory stuff for some of these events, um, primarily like Tri-State, maybe more so than New England, but I'm sure if there's a big New England one, I won't necessarily be on the operations end, but I'll definitely be doing it. Um, 
we talked a little bit about uh, before the show about like traveling. I'm looking to do some more of that. Maybe hit my first. I've never been to a Genesis. The farthest I've ever been for Philly is fucking for melee's Philly for gang. Okay, it's crazy. Like I need to travel more shit for Let's someone as involved in, in as I am. I want to do more of that, and um, I want to go back to my first love of commentating. I'm gonna fucking commentate more again. So you know, I put in my dues. I think I really carved a good um foundation for the region and you know kind of was able to leave my mark on his on to history in that sense but i'm just trying to vibe but i'm simply not going anywhere so i wanted to address that too before we closed out stock uh, really quickly if, if i could just name one one dream venue i have i don't think it would be like great for like logistics but i think an invitational at like the wheatley it's like a huge hotel in the Berkshires. Oh yeah, it would be so. Sick. That would be yeah. That would be sick. I actually like, love the idea of like doing um more mountainous stuff. Like I know when Rock moves here, he keeps talking about doing like a fucking yeah. New England type smash camp. That's like probably other than like going back to some of our old like New England ideas. I'm not gonna fucking spoil what's happening. I know the big one here is wanting to do, and I mean it. It's almost funny that. Um, Connor <clears throat> hasn't thought about, uh, you know, coming to literally like perhaps the woodland capital of the fucking East coast, uh, as a smash camp option. So I think that, so maybe it's, I, I think that would actually be probably more a dream than anything else. It's funny. You mentioned that I was thinking more of like conventional stuff, but like stuff like the Wheatley stuff, like finding, we have no fucking shortage of campgrounds. I'll tell you that much. So. That type of stuff is what I'd like to see, but you know, I mean, to any new TO in New England, you got an attendee in me for life, or however long I'm, I'm with this fucking game. So, well, excited to see what the future holds for both of you and for uh, New England Melee. But uh, let's talk about the president. Let's talk about something that does not include Melee. Of course, we're talking about the uh, last segment that we have right here. This is the formerly unnamed, formerly unnamed. Uh, no, formerly. I said it right the first time. Sorry. Uh, uh, let me distract the fact. Edwin, Edwin says watching weird. Okay. So sorry. I needed to distract from the fact that I messed up formally versus formally. Um, it's called touching grass. It's, it's not name, but we call it touching grass. God, this is the worst touching grass, uh, intro ever. So it, it's, uh, you know, stock You're you're obviously no stranger to the show. Um, <laughs> this is where we talk about stuff that we do outside of melee, right? We talk about melee for two hours a day or you know two hours a week on this podcast and however many other hours during the day so it's a good chance to kind of talk about something that's uh, going on outside the game i know you've been super busy with a lot of shine but I'm, I'm sure there's other stuff i'm gonna give you guys a second to uh to think of some stuff and in the meantime i'm gonna say uh what i was up to so since our last episode i uh barely have been home i've i i left the morning after our last episode to go to shine I got to stay an extra day in uh, Massachusetts with a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, I was going to say good friend, but I decided against it. <laughs> no, I got to spend a, a day with uh, with Edwin. And then uh, I came back and immediately was out of the house. Uh, like I, I took a train to my home, took a shower, and then immediately took a train uh, out of my house. Uh, and it was because of a baseball game. I, uh, I, I, oddly enough, uh, I did two baseball games in as many days. So I didn't Edwin, know that. Oh Edwin, my God. Uh, you went to two baseball games. This is the big reveal. He's a sicko. Edwin and I, we got to, uh, we, we stayed an extra day while he 
lives there, I guess. Um, we went to see the Red Sox play the Astros, uh, who got destroyed. Dude, I saw some, I saw some comments and they were like, his career is over because there was a pitcher who came in with a 2.7 ERA and left with like a 13 ERA or something like that. I think he hit 15 at one point. Anyway, uh, suffice to say, they, they had a close game and they got utterly destroyed. But it was cool to see. You know, I've been to Fenway before, thanks to Edwin. It was cool to go again. Um, wish the Astros lost because I hate it. I hate that team. But uh, unfortunately, what can you do? Uh, the next day, I got on a plane. I touched down. I get on a train to home. Like I say, I shower. I put my bags down, and I basically uh, get on a train to the city so I can see the the Phillies take on the Angels. Uh, got to see Shohei Otani live. He was at third base. I was on the third Dude, base line. Dude, fuck. That's so sick. Oh, my God. Also, yeah. Oh, I'm so I, jealous. I, I was talking to my friend, and it was before I, like, the, the I wasn't planning to be back-to-back, but I was like, I got an email about there being a, a, a sale. It was $50 to be in the 100 level on the third base line. And I said, I want to see Shohei Otani because the next time I'm going to see him, if I ever see him live, he's going to be on a team I absolutely fucking hate, right? He's going to be the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers. He's going to be on some team that I want to you know, blow my brains out that he's on there. So I get to see him. We, uh, Dude, there's some sloppy-ass plays going on, but we hit five home runs for five different players. We, we win 12-7. Uh, nice. great. It was an amazing game. I'm so glad I went. Oh uh, yeah, God. so that that's basically what's been going on with me is that uh, I haven't had a ton of free time, but the free time I've had that is not evolving Smash uh, has just been going to baseball games. So I don't know if I have one in me in the near future, but uh, we'll see. I had a great time in these two, even if only one <laughs> one was a victory. Uh, Edwin, what about you? I might have just <laughs> took yours. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I can tell you what's been on my mind lately. <laughs> I, I, you know, I spent I spent a bunch of time over the weekend at Shine. Obviously, I spent time with Wheat and going to the Red Sox game and everything. Had a, had a blast and everything. Uh, what I'll be doing for the next four months, uh, in addition to sort of what I already do, is I've, uh, you know, I can't believe I'm talking about this on the show. Maybe this is going to sound weird because I already kind of do this, but it's I'm fucking thinking touching of like, grass. It's not going to be weird. Yeah, and taking it to a new a level. I'm honestly just thinking of places to travel with my spouse. Like we've been we've been looking Ew. at a yeah, we've been looking at vacation spots for some time. Like either like may, maybe not like later this year, but some point in like early summer next year. We were just thinking of all these different locations. So I, I've we've been researching and reading a bunch and like watching a ton of travel channel channels. Like currently, my you know sometimes every week I get obsessed with a different nation. So I just like become obsessed with learning stuff about it like i've lately been obsessed with namibia lately which i think is pretty cool it's like in, in southern africa uh it's kind of like a pretty pretty small country or at least the country is like medium-sized but it, most of it is kind of just like desert yeah i was gonna but say like, that's on the desert i've seen i've seen that place looks fucking beautiful dude yeah exactly so i was just looking at all these different sort of like spots where we could see ass is I, not going to namibia yeah, but I've really, uh, I've really enjoyed international. <laughs> You're travel a fucking before. hater, dog. Yeah, he didn't, I don't. He didn't say don't anything. Say. He just how said, many, yeah. How many continents have you been to, Edwin? Actually, I'm curious. Four. Four. Shit. What? What is it? Is it like Africa? Like what else? What have you been? Uh, to? South Amer- South America, North America, Asia, Europe. Okay. Shit. I I wanted to go to uh to New Zealand, but uh, that's just a bit. Kim is Kim is kind of leaning more in the uh, like 
North America, Central America, like yeah, America. yeah, no, that's that's Which, fair. I want to be clear. I, I know Central America is not a continent. I'm just talking. I'm just talking about regions. But yeah, no, it's yeah. just been fun. This year, I've I've done a ton of traveling. Uh, so the the next four months, I'm basically just gonna be full on husband mode <laughs> at at home. But Good. but we're but we're looking at places to go go to together for for next year. So that's kind of what I, I've been up to. What about you, Stock Money? You've got uh, you obviously just coming off of TLing or you know Shine, but uh, I'm sure you've got some other stuff going on in your life of outside I of do. Smash. No doubt. So I'd actually just finished up. Um, I'm actually pivoting out of higher education, um, TOing for students. I kept telling everyone I'm TOing for dentists now. I actually just took a new job. I'm going to be working with the parent company of uh, Invisalign, doing um, sure. helping them kind of be the benchmark of educational events for uh, for dentists, which just means we're going to be you know helping them keep their licenses and they'll buy our products and it'll be you know a nice little symbiotic buck show. So that'll be fun. I'm interested to kind of get my feet into. I've been in so many different industries and I've been done so much contract work that i'm looking forward to be kind of more of a permanent deal um i've been playing a shit ton of golf too that's been kind of like the new hobby that one's fun nice. um I, i've obviously done mini golf and driving ranges in my life but kind of trying my first 18 um it's fucking oh my god i didn't realize how sunburned you get from that shit i mean my ass was like looking like the fucking dancing lobsters from the amanda show bro it was fucked um so that's been fun. I've been doing a lot of that. Honestly, like the thing is, is melee for me was so all consuming in a lot of senses, like outside of like, obviously I still, still hung out with friends, still worked and shit, but like all my hub other hobbies went to the wayside that like, I'm just kind of really like exploring that stuff again. So that's fun. And on the same note, as like Edwin, like me and my girlfriend are like looking at like doing some traveling too. I'm looking forward to like getting back to like Vermont and shit um kind of like travel more to new england but then you know maybe kind of actually branching off from here too like i said um in my future plans thing i'd love to kind of get some more traveling and do some more trips that you know maybe melee is a part of it, maybe it's not just kind of live my late late 20s a little bit out you know be live my best life in this motherfucker you know that's all that's all i can really ask but i'm having fun with it life's cool and uh you know maybe i'll uh get good to go golf someday but unlikely but it'll be fun so I'm, I'm having a blast life life life's really good right now i can't complain well you deserve it you deserve life to be good glad to hear you're having it and also glad to have you on the podcast it's good to get to speak to you i know we uh you've been on a bunch in terms of other you know melee stats podcast deep dives whatever we've we've done but uh good to have you on an actual waiting for games it's been too long yeah, I mean, I really, I really appreciate the invite. I was like, so excited when Edwin texted me this morning. I'm like, yes, finally. It's been like, yeah, damn. Okay, I actually was on a, I, I was like thinking like, was I on a deep dive? I definitely was. So actually, you know, what's funny is that the only thing downloaded to my phone um, for local songs that's like not Spotify is, and it'll, it'll automatically play it on Bluetooth. It'll be fucking the O Canada from the fucking one you did with Moki. I locally, yeah. I locally downloaded that one and like, I'm never going to delete that because of how much I fucking, I, I fucking love it. So no, the honor, the honor's all mine. And I mean, it's, it's been a privilege being a, a figure in this community. Like I said, I'm certainly not going anywhere, but it was really, it, it meant a lot for you guys to, to talk with you guys about shine. So it, it sure. means the world. So I'm glad we got to have you. Hey, if people want to follow you, where can they do so? 
just stock money on Twitter. I mean, God forbid you follow me on Instagram, but I'm pretty picky with that nowadays. But um, I'd be tweeting. I'd be vibing. And, uh, I mean, same thing goes for Discord, too. If any, like, if any TOs, if anyone's interested in anything, I'd love to talk shop. I'm done as far as the operational end is concerned, but I'd love to keep inspiring, like, you know, or helping out, like, new generations and whatnot. And I mean, if any majors are trying to have a motherfucker seed some shit other than this guy, not that I'm trying to fucking <laughs> poach, not that I'm trying to poach shit. I'm certainly not because that's yeah, stay off lane. my corner, or stay com- out of my territory, or commentate more so commentary. I'm trying to get in back involved more in that. So I'm simply just a DM away. <laughs> so. All right, man. Thanks for being on. Great episode. Glad that we got to talk to you and uh, everyone. Thanks for watching. We had a blast talking about Shine, and we'll be back to talk about Riptide. Dude, we're, we're really in the thick of it, but I'm excited to talk about it. Smash is just so excited right now. Anyway, thanks so much for watching. We'll be back. See ya.